you know, all the fixtures. And like, this is like my new, this is what I'm most excited about now is like putting in a sick nightclub in the basement. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Bro, you and me will bend that uh, EMT pipe. That that uh that electrical conduit. We'll do yeah. it together. You got a little like warming blanket, you wrap it around the pipe and, and heat it up so you can bend it or what? No, bro. You fucking you stick that shit in a pipe bender and you you Hunker squeeze. Down. Yeah, you fucking it gets down. hot you on and, its own. Oh, you and me, buddy. <laughs> yeah, it'll get it'll get hot. Believe me, no problem. Carter, are you are, Carter, are you knowledgeable enough to help around the house with like minor electrical projects or are you still like a complete novice? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I can help you. I can replace your uh, switches and receptacles. I can help you find uh, what room goes to which uh, circuit breaker if they're unlabeled. Um kind of it Sweet. i could pro- i could probably help you install like a ceiling fan or a yeah uh, like a like a you know yeah i got mounted light I'm, i am gonna have to i am gonna have to switch a couple fans around and probably do a little bit of minor rewiring like or not rewiring like just like new switches and shit like that but it's all pretty much the follow the directions type shit hey congrats man that's exciting we got two homeowners on this call yeah a lot of news, lot, all kinds of good news happening in uh, recent recent days, man. Thank you. I mean, Dan, Danny, you're looking, right? You're going to buy something in Tacoma or something? I don't ever want to own a house. You should know this. You're in like a investment banking land. I can't think of a worse investment than property. You you could literally just park your money in the S&P 500 and do much better than you can do on a house. The whole American tax system, the whole tax system is de- is designed so that the only reasonable way to build wealth is through real estate, which which I have serious, serious ideological problems with because being a landlord is fucking completely heinous. But like, really, it's, it's, it is from a tax, the only, only, only reasonable way to build wealth, in my opinion. As a as a banker, yeah, I've looked. As a, I've looked as, a, as the guy drew Kavazi XO while while my counterparty's eating fucking matzo ball soup. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even have matzo balls in here, man. This is just a block of tofu. Um, What's happened to Dove? <laughs> no, um, yeah, I don't know. I've looked at the numbers, and it just seems like average real estate gains per year are worse than average, just even like total stock index gains. And uh, there's no upkeep cost with my with the stock indexes. And I can move whenever I want with the stock indexes, which if you look at my track record, I haven't stayed somewhere for five years ever, like the last like more than a decade. And so I think when you just look at that, I just don't see any way you can convince me that buying a house is a good investment for me. Maybe for someone else, but not for me. There's an economic historian at Harvard, this guy named uh, Neil Ferguson, and he does, he studies history of markets and he has the same same opinion that you do uh, which is that brick and mortar is not as good an investment as 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 equities which you know i mean he has he has various some i mean he's a smarter guy than me so maybe you're right i don't know i mean like they're smarter guys than any of us on both sides on both sides of every issue so like i don't think we can just say let's just trust the experts but um it seems like a reasonable thing. And then like the other thing is like you start looking at like more complex items like margin borrowing. And if you can like margin borrow at like 2%, it becomes even better than like than the real estate proposition because I don't know. Like so yeah. 
Yeah, go ahead. Hopefully I have no cash in the bank ever. I'm I'm on margin all the time. <laughs> Always if the market out. turns upside down, I'm eating ramen. Um, and I'm not using the electricity like the lights aren't on. I've canceled my phone. But you've got experience um, with that, recent experience with that, right? Or no, that yeah, was exactly. You had electricity with no water, right? Yeah, yeah. We had no water for like yeah. a week. Yeah. Um, we need to get you a, that's get a real job experience. at Enron. You'd be perfect for that job. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> just leverage to the fucking hilt. It doesn't matter. Just trade with other people's money. I, I'm, just, I'm ready for it. I, it's it's kind of interesting. Like after having been a homeowner and then a renter for a few years, I'm kind of like getting back into that new homeowner mode and just kind of thinking about upkeep. Yeah. As Danny alluded to. And you know, I mean it's just hemorrhaging. I'm hemorrhaging money left and right, but um, yeah. it's it's the, the flip side is it's cool to have something that's your own that you own. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I mean that's not an investment. It's just you know that's the self the the rationalization part. Of well, I think checks. that has yeah intrinsic value too. You know, yeah. like humans, we want to build our nest and create something. And well, it's cool to have a place that's your own that you can do whatever you want with. I mean, within reason, but still. Yeah. I just can't I th- wait to die and have just as little as you guys do. Because <laughs> that's what counts. Don't worry, man. We'll give you a burial at sea off my yacht. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. Buckaroo. Yeah, I'll shoot a flaming arrow into your uh, into your beard. <laughs> yeah, from, be down, from the deck of from the from the second deck of dumps. Yeah, <laughs> the poop deck, as it's called. Right. <laughs> Hey, Carter, do you mind giving us a little introduction? It's been a while since we've even done one of these. I know. What, what do we What do we even say at the beginning? I've got the magic in me? Like, <laughs> No, you got to drop a D's nuts joke somehow before a wizard fight shows up. <laughs> D's? Um, well, I guess... Yeah, I guess D's I'll, on the line. <laughs> but we've got, we've got, we've got D's, D's on the line. D who? <laughs> I'm joined by my esteemed co-host. D. D-E-E. Um, I guess yeah, I guess I'll start the only way I, I could think how in the moment, which is to say hello and welcome back to the Pitcast. Um it's me, Carter. Uh I'm joined as always uh by uh by Mr. Matt Moss here. Hello, neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Moss is uh Moss is soon to I, I can I can probably spit on Moss's new home from uh from my bedroom window at this point. We've always roasted him over the years about how <laughs> Moss moved <laughs> from Iowa <laughs> after like one tournament because he thought we were so cool. <laughs> and he's like, I'm gonna like uproot my entire home. <laughs> And well-being, bring my wife to oh Chicago because yeah. because these are such solid bros. And now I really get to stick the dagger in and twist as he becomes like my next door neighbor in Logan Square. Uh, um, we're joined by two more dear dear friends of the of the pod, two OGs, uh, the two guys who brought me into old school. We got Dom Dodderer here, yeah. and wow. The big, the, the, honestly, the, the, the champ, the legend, like, I can't, I can't say enough about this man. We're lucky, very, very lucky to have Mr. Danny Friedman on the cast as well tonight. Yes, indeed. Howdy. <laughs> Howdy is right, buddy. Oh, excuse me. 
How D's nuts. <laughs> How D's. D's is, D's is treating me as, as good as ever. Um, I mean, do we just address the elephant in the in the room right now? Do we just do we just get off rolling? I mean, Danny, you won the fucking tournament, buddy. I mean, oh shit! I thought we we're gonna talk about Dom's yacht. <laughs> <laughs> Still in the shipyard. Yeah, the 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 reunion pod will be on Dom's yacht. <laughs> okay, okay, cool, cool. Just making sure together. Um, but fucking hell, man! Congratulations. Do, do you Thank do you, you get do you get a shark? I don't, I'm not sure. I don't, I mean, it's kind of like a fake shark. I know Florian's sending me a shark proxy, which is even funnier than a shark. Um, and the mana cost is wrong, which is really exciting. So um, I think the hard part is just going to be getting everyone who played in that tournament to sign this thing. It's a, so it's a misprint shark? No, it's literally a proxy shark that Florian had made for this event. Being the event, you know, is a proxy for the, the real event. Oh, come on. They won't give you the real shark? I don't know. Who knows? Maybe, maybe if I twist Magnus's arm or something. Uh, what's a, what's a, what's a guy to do? Well, I, yeah, I guess the thing is, is like you walk away with the shark and it's signed by everyone. So now you have to ship it off to what, like all 150 people who played in this thing. Yeah. I'm like what? 10 different countries or something like that. You're going to be like, dude, you're going to be like 60 years old living in fucking who knows where you know, with all your stock money or, or, or whatever. And like some like crusty, not my real estate money, yeah. not my real estate money. Some fucking crusty old piece of papyrus is going to wash up on the Island that you live on. And it's going to be the shark signed by all 150 people. You're going to be like, is this a magic, the gathering card? Moss will pop out of the corner and say, no, that's actually a proxy. Yeah. Wait, yeah. So how many people were in the event? It was 150. No, I think it was like a hundred, hundred twenty-four. I think. Okay. Wow. Swedish How, legal online. Yeah, yeah. Can you can you lay out um, just like what the setup was? Sure. So, um, so this was a hundred twenty-four players playing online on Slanfan's amazing uh, platform, Talaria. I don't know if any of you have seen this thing, but. Um, if you've ever known anyone who does any software engineering on the side, nobody I've known does has done anything as insane as what Talaria is. It's basically a um, it's a way to play Magic with other people via webcam. But he built in like pretty much every feature you'd ever want. Like you can host events within it. It will show you standings. It will show you. Uh, who you're matched up against. You can click on your match and it'll bring you into like the match area. Uh, it shows both your videos. You have the ability to like invert the other person's video or like center it, make your video really small. It's got like life counters. It's got dice. It's got a match slip that you both have to like agree to. Um, I mean, it's pretty much thought of everything. It's got, it shows like availability so you can do pickup games through the platform. This is incredible. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's totally insane. Oh, and it's, the resolution is really high because it actually does a d- direct streaming from you to your opponent, which actually turned out to be a huge problem in the finals because he built um, he built a provision for watching the event. But what happens when other people watch the event is you direct stream to all those people. So mm-hmm. you're uh, you run to bandwidth problems very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like like minor oversight, right? It's just totally insane. It's got a, a way to plug in and Gordon was able to like, pull his stream directly from it. Um, so it like has a feature match where you can like stream out to like other, like 
you know, Twitch streamers and whatnot. I mean, like he's pretty much thought of everything. It's, it's really cool. I, oh, I, like, I don't know. You guys should check this thing out. That's insane. We got to raise some money and fucking pay this guy for his time. You, we should do a little event on the thing. It's totally nuts. I mean, you can do private events on this. If you give him any money, he's just going to spend it on booze and drugs. So, <laughs> I mean, Jesus sounds like he needs to fucking go on vacation or something. Yeah, dude needs to take a break, right? He's got his normal <laughs> job, and then he made this thing, and then he made that whole thing. I mean, that's it's that's insane. insane. Was that the was that the first event that they tested it too? Uh, I think I've run. I, I did not run. I was part of another event that Florian ran on this platform this is definitely the largest event ever and like there are a bunch of brand new features this time around and overall like cool. i'm trying to think i don't think i had any technical problems until my until my top eight matches and they were all a result of people you know joining our stream like if there had been no uh spectators uh i'm pretty sure i would have seen no technical problems throughout the whole event which is a pretty amazing feat if you think about it Mm. Well, yeah, if people uh, watch the Twitter Vault deck as much as I have, there you know, wouldn't be any spectators. <laughs> yeah, what's wrong with them, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, you, you, there's, there's quite a lot to follow, that's for sure. I mean, it definitely means you need a second commentator sitting over your shoulder just talking you through it. But, I mean, Danny, you've been working on this deck for two years, since Recall was yeah. unbanned. Yeah, it's two years. Unrestricted, right? It was Recall, and then the, what was it? Yeah, Recall was first, and then Time Vault was second. Right. So, so Recall, yeah, I've been working on it for two years. Let's see. Recall was unrestricted in like summer 2018, something like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Exactly. Because then 20, 2019 was the last real NoobCon. <clears throat> and after that, uh, Time Vault was unrestricted. And then we haven't had a real NoobCon since, other than the previous NoobCom, which was Scrying's Rules, which I also played Twiddle Vault sure. and got hosed. And you were playing like <laughs> Emerald Charm and that kind of stuff? Yeah, I was playing Emerald Charm. Um, and I was on stream like in the second round and said like, wow, this format's got all these Tormods going about. Um, hopefully nobody realizes it's the best card against my deck. And then like my last round opponent was like, oh yeah, I saw your stream. Good thing I've got Tormods on the board. Hadn't even thought about that. Uh, the, price uh, the price of content, baby. Uh, yeah, That's that, me that, listen, we, we, all, we all do it to ourselves. We want that sweet fame. We want that sweet brand. There's a price to pay, brother. Dude, I blew it. Yeah, he, he kills me in the final, or he, sorry, he kills me in the last round of uh, the Swiss. And then we make, we go to top eight and I'm in the top eight and I face off against him again and he kills me in two games again. It was ridiculous. So he, wh why did he have the, the Tormods? Because of uh, uh, Reanimator? First yeah, everyone's playing Reanimator. Yeah, gotcha. Ryan's, exactly. Yeah. So Tormods is insane there. Whereas yeah. like, if you look at 93, 94, Tormods Crypt is like yeah, literally only good against Twiddle Vault. Yeah. Which is why I played one of my sideboard because I'm very scared of that deck. Like, I mean, clearly it's good. Wait, so, hold that. Wait, no, no, no. You you go ahead, boss. You go ahead. Oh, I was just going to ask. I mean, like, yeah, I was very aware of Danny. You know, working on tinkering with his football deck. I was more curious to hear about uh, what you were matched up against in the different rounds. Oh, let's see. Um, I played against Troll Disco uh, in the top. I'm trying to think because it's like the day was a blur. When you play like 14 hours of Twiddle Vault, uh, it's, <laughs> it's really hard to like remember how the world works afterwards. Um, what time did it start? Maybe we should work backwards from Seth, uh, fellow sister of the flame. Yeah, I think that's a better way to do it. Yeah, it started at like 7 a.m. Um, oh, Central wow. time. And I was done at like eight something at night. And all I had during the day was like, 
like a cliff bar and a bunch of coffee and it was yeah i was i was not feeling great danny you needed a squire more than ever i really did (laughs) someone to to help you out yeah i I did finish my rounds okay this was not like the last tournament i won with twiddle ball which is built off of concessions um i I played a fireball you played a fireball Uh, see that's what i'm talking about i fucking told you i told you gotta play the fireball for for the audience that there was a there was a time when danny only relied on concessions his entire deck was focused on extracting concession from the opponent well, it did have a way to win. So the way that it would win was with Brain Geyser, but you didn't actually have enough mana sources, even if you get everyone in your deck to kill them with Brain Geyser. So you'd have to kill them. You get all the permanents out of your deck into play, and you'd get to this deterministic loop of regrowth, time twister over and over again. So eventually, you know, when you have this like, what, like 20 card deck or whatever, you get into this loop where you have uh, Brain Geyser in your in your hand and the Hercules recall and the regrowth. And you start by brain geysering your opponent for everything you've got um, other than like two mana. And then you, you know, you regrowth your brain geyser again. And then this, you've got a bunch of turns built up at this point. And then the next turn you, you know, float a bunch of mana off your artifacts, circles, recall yourself, do the same thing. And, and that's the game. But that's really terrible because it takes literally playing out every permanent in your whole deck and getting it into play to get that situation happening. And it, it's an awful experience for anyone to go through. So when you explain this to your opponent, you know, when they are clearly locked out, hopefully they concede so that you can just go to the next game. If they don't, it's it's a really painful, uh, I don't know, 20 minutes of doing that. Can you can you imagine spending $50,000 on a Swedish legal deck to just be paired against Danny and have to deal with this? <laughs> Wait, were, Danny, were, were your rounds timed? Were, were your rounds timed? Yeah, the, uh, they were timed. Fireball's yeah. insane here. Fireball's absolutely yeah. insane because it's just so easy to win pretty quickly. And also when you tell your opponent, hey, I've got a fireball in it. And like here you can see me like I'm going to get at least five turns, you know, from here. There's a fireball in here. Here's what's likely going to happen. Give me out cards, cards in my deck. And they can like piece that together versus the situation I just described to you with Brain Geyser. A lot of people can't really understand what you're getting at, even when you explain it the way I just did. So then they they just sit through it until they get either bored or accept it. <laughs> so Danny has to dumb his deck down so his opponents realize that they're yeah. dumb. No, this kind of reminds me. Have have you just been crushing with this deck because it's so miserable to play against? Like no one has playtest reps against it? And everyone's just making these glaring mistakes where they're just like disenchanting Time Vault when they should be waiting for you to twiddle it or or whatever? Like, do you think people have been playing badly against it? Or is it just busted? I think it's just busted and nobody wants to play it. it. You have to own a lot of crazy cards to play this deck. It's busted. It's also really hard and really taxing to play as a player. Um, and if you're really used to 93, 94, um, you probably have no idea how to play a deck like this. Like maybe if you've, you've been playing vintage your whole life and you're like, oh yeah, I understand how to play TPS. Like you understand kind of how like a combo deck works, but this is something very, very out of the standard realm for 93-94. Well, there's, I mean, there's plenty of combo <laughs> players out there, right? Like, there's, pl- you know, I've believe me, I've, I've played against enough, like, Storm guys in a in an LGS to know that, like, there's, <laughs> there, you know, there's people who have the taste for it. Is it just that, like, acquiring these cards in old school is such a chore? Like, multiple time vaults and recalls and whatever all the duels required? maybe that's it i don't don't know like when you 
when you look at it compared to other 9394 decks, if you're not playing Swedish legal, uh, Whiteboard Recall is not an expensive card. Uh, it doesn't play that many duels. Like it plays three City of Brass, it plays what four tropical islands, three volcanics, and two underground seas, and then every restricted card pretty much other than channel. So I don't know. It's, a it's, casual it's, casual sixty grand at this point. Yeah, yeah, like a casual. It's probably more than that these days. It's messed up. Like, like, what does a CE Lotus cost now? I have no idea. We, you know, we should we should have got cigars for the stream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So is so like, I'm just trying to think. It's it's kind of this like perfect confluence of a deck that just does busted things, and. Mm -hmm the fact that people don't necessarily have a bunch of reps on it. I just don't see why it isn't played more. Like what, like why are you the only guy who plays this thing? I don't get it. it I really one? don't get it. It was the only copy of that deck in the field. I've played other Swedish events where I've run into it. Uh, I played our scrying events where I've run into it. I, mm -hmm. but the last event I did not run into it once. I don't know if anyone else played. I don't get it. Why this isn't just absolutely everywhere. <laughs> Which is kind of why I played a Tormod script in the board. I was like, this deck is really scary. And and that's why, yeah, I, I, I mean, I had sideboard Hercules recalls because I'm scared of Ankh of Mishra more than anything else. Black Vice isn't so bad, but Ankh of Mishra is just like unbeatable when you're taking like an infinite amount of extra turns. Yeah, but copper like, tablet. That'd be yeah, fun. copper tablet. Right. Copper <laughs> tablet by itself just kills you. Yeah, by itself, it'll just kill you. So, like, yeah, I've got one Herx in the main, two more in the board, and a Tormod script in the board, and it's not entirely um it's not entirely for things other than twiddle vault twiddle vault <laughs> is something i'm scared of the, the audience should know that danny has got like a billion reps of this deck he's been beating up on charlie klein every day for like two straight years so <laughs> oh so wait so that's it you've got this poor poor because because i'm like i don't know how i don't know how like this happens how did danny get so good with this thing because i can only play test with him for like an hour before i just want to literally yeah. jump out of my window yeah, yeah, he's got he's he's got some Mark who just loves loves the golden shower. <laughs> Charlie is unbelievable. I cannot believe anyone would put up with this crap for as many hours as he has. Because like I would never want to play against this thing like more than like twenty minutes in a row. But like, dude will sit down for like an hour and a half and just play against it and, and have a great <laughs> attitude as he just gets rolled over by this thing. Have you played the mirror? No, I've never played the mirror. I've only played the mirror in events. And you, you've never played the mirror a single not time? In, not in testing, only in an event. And the person had a different build than I had. This this is why when Danny usually posts, hey, anybody want a pickup game? The, the response is just crickets. <laughs> <laughs> but to his credit, he has been working on this for a very, very long time. Yeah, man. Yeah, you but, put yeah. in the work, dude. But there's something I, I'm just I'm I'm curious as to why you've chosen this particular deck at the expense of so many others. What is a what is it about this twisted creation that calls to your psyche in particular? Because it's this kind of like because now like the name has been made, right? Is that like both a blessing and a curse at, at you know at the end of this noobcon tournament? I mean, I guess so. I mean, well, first of all, thank you, everyone. You, you guys have been like 
far too kind to me and, and roasted me not as much as I expected on this. So, so thank, thank you, Dom. Thank you, Moss. Um, there's a more podcast left to go. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's true. We, we got all sorts of no, They say roasting. you're supposed to, to praise publicly and criticize privately. So, uh, <laughs> I'll save, I will save the roasts for when we're back in person. I cannot wait. Okay. Um, so anyways, um, I don't know, like I, I'm a very paranoid person. And I remember back in my days of playing vintage in the mid 2000s, there was nothing that scared me more than playing a combo deck, which took more brain power than I'm pretty sure that I have, as well as not having, you know, real protection. So I always played like combo control decks if I was ever going to play a combo deck. Well, the cool thing about Twiddle Vault is it's basically a mono blue combo deck. Um, it's got three islands in the main. And if you take a look at like even the aggro decks in this format, nobody's running basics like apps especially in the you know we're talking single strip mine nobody's running basics um very few blood moons out there but even you know with blood moons existing like nobody's running basics this deck can afford to run three basics in the main so it's like pretty good against blood moon and it's it's basically just a mono blue deck it, it plays twiddles it plays artifacts and it plays a couple counter spells and a mana drain um it's it's very very efficient and I think it has like just the right, it has just the right acceptable amount of protection versus like the greatest combo deck of all combo decks for 93, 94, I'm pretty sure is Lich Combo. And Lich Combo is the scariest deck to play. You literally lose to everything. Disenchant just loses you the game. It's not that you can't win anymore. You just actually lose. Yeah. So I, I think Twiddle Vault's just kind of the, the happy medium. Um, it just does such broken things and it can do it all off like one blue mana and a ton of colorless mana. Like there are just so many crazy hands you can see with this deck that just none of the other combo decks can do nothing even close. Like dreams combo is a joke compared to this thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree. I think it's, I think it's a busted deck and I think if it was played to the extent that it should be, it would be, it would be a gruesome, a gruesome sight. Well, okay. Also, on on that note, um, I knew nobody had won a real tournament with it. So there have been a handful of people who have played this deck, different versions of it through throughout you know different times in ninety three, ninety four, and different like set legalities. Um, obviously, it's best in Swedish because this deck is terrible against Himbatorok. It's terrible against Stripmine. It's terrible against Himbatorok, regardless of how many twiddles or recalls you have. But Nobody had ever won a major tournament with it. I don't think anybody won a tournament with it um, that I knew of. Um, I think there had been some like second places. So initially I was like, I have to win an event with this and I have to win the, with the version that doesn't have a fireball because come on, that's the real thing. Well, then I won Florian's Christmas lockdown event with the thing without a fireball in it. And I felt like, okay, cool. I got this. I feel good. And then I... I didn't play any magic for a while. And then I decided to do the winter jerk because it was Swedish format again. I was like, Oh, I'll play my like favorite do nothing recall version of the deck with no win cons and somehow made it to the finals, which was not what I was expecting. And it really kind of burned me out on playing magic because of how many rounds I ended up playing as a result of getting that far in like a 300 plus person event. So yeah. I didn't want to play any more magic after that. So then I have this like break and then I realized that Noobcom is coming up and it's Swedish format and Swedish reprints. And I mean, I've got this whole Twiddle Vault deck in alpha other than the duels, which are like my, my shitty, like clipped unlimited ones. And I'm like, well, 
I mean, I guess I can go for a shark with this thing. I guess I said I wasn't gonna do it, but I'll do it. <laughs> so let's 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 pause pause there for a second. So Kenny just said something that requires a little bit of uh, of, of of justification, which is he just said clipped unlimited. So you know, for people that don't know, Danny's duels are all unlimited, but they are clipped to be alpha and, and altered with black border. They look absolutely sick, absolutely sick, but they're they're all unlimited. They look sick, Thank but they're you. not as sick as you think they are. <laughs> <laughs> also, let me respond to Carter's incredulity of of, of Danny's deck choice. So I've I've been playing against Danny for I guess like six six or seven years now, six years now, long and, time, and um. Danny's objective has always been to abstract away the concept of opponent, right? So <laughs> the, the, extent, the extent to which he can just make his opponent the audience is that's, that's the kind of deck Danny wants to play. So, so yeah. you know, when, when Twin Vault became strong, it's like it, it became such a natural synergistic you know, fit. Yeah. It, it was obvious that Danny was going to play this. Yeah. And I think, and he is, and he, and, and to his credit, he's, he's made, he's, he is really, lifted it up into another uh, another echelon, uh, an art form, really. Yeah, so that way he has so much control over the game that he can yeah. hem and haw with an open hand about which dual land to play <laughs> on his next turn. <laughs> Turning the opponent into the audience. Goddamn. Well, Danny... That's a really succinct way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> well done, Dom. <Don. laughs> well, Danny knows. Danny knows. In any case, so I mean, you played you played against Agro in the final final round against Seth, who is a very very strong player. Yes, and he is. That that turned out all right for you. What was he? On? I couldn't I couldn't have asked for a more polite opponent. Um, I mean, given like what I, given what the deck did, I, like this was hands down the luckiest top eight I've ever had. I two owed every round that I played in the top eight, and they were just. I've had days where I test Twiddle Vault where like every game is a mold of five and they're all mediocre and every one of your opponents is playing like disenchants and you and your openings are terrible, right? They're like landmark Sylvan on a mold of five. You're like, okay, this is good enough. And then they disenchant and you're like, oh, I have no cards anymore. And that Mox was my only only other mana source other than the one land in my hand. Then you just like lose the game. Um that just didn't happen this event. I just had great hand after great hand. So I, I played against Seth, and I, I don't remember the hand perfectly. I, the, I think Gordon archived all the uh, playback so anyone can see replays of this if they want on like Gordon's Whack Whack um, YouTube. But I think I kept some opening hand that was like, it was really, really strong. So I'm on the play, and it was like Tropical Island, Volcanic Island, Soul Ring, um, Time Vault, Wheel of Fortune, what is that? That six card and some other card. I'm like, oh, this is insane. It's going to be turn one Time Vault, turn two Wheel of Fortune. My opponent's playing like aggro. I think he's got some counter spells, so he pretty much has to have a counter spell by the second turn. But if he like, if he, he can't, right? He's got to have Lotus or uh, Sapphire to do this or Time Walk. So he's like, playing like a, uh, like a Lion Dib deck with, without Dibs. Without with, Dibs. Like, yeah. So oh, without so, dibs, but yeah. just a bunch of burn spells. Yeah, yeah. lion burn deck with counter spells. Yeah, Seth is in the Paul de Silva school of thought, where he basically has traded away everything that he owns and just built us an entirely summer aggro deck. So it's all about savannah lions and burn, right? So there's no dibs. He doesn't like dib, but pretty much, yeah, it's just like a burn deck with savannah lions and a couple counter spells or whatever. Yeah, totally insane, right? So I have this opening hand. I'm just like, this is nuts. I'm likely going to resolve this wheel on the second turn. 
And so I do that and I'm, and I'm playing first, so I don't get to draw a card. Then he does whatever he does. I don't remember, like play a land, play a line, something, whatever. He does something that doesn't result in him getting a counter spell on the first turn. And then I top deck and my top deck's Black Lotus. It's like, it just couldn't have been any luckier. Like Woo! I already had the like cast, like, and I, I think I led with the, um, with the tropical. So if he had the strip mine, I could still wheel in the second turn. So like, there I am. I play my, um, I play my red source. I tap, I play the Lotus. I tap soul ring. And I mean, let's, it's just unfair how good that is. Cause I think I had like a time vault and play like a single twiddle. There is just like, okay, I'm off to the races. Like just totally unfair, totally ridiculous. It doesn't always get hands like that, but that was like the kind of shit I was seeing. It was just a really good day. Because you all know what the hands could look like. You can have a hand with a ton of recalls and a yeah. ton of twiddles and no time vaults. Like there's so many bad things you can draw with this deck, but I just wasn't seeing those hands. Yeah, that's definitely true. There's probably some really, really ugly hands that that you open up. Um, because yeah, I mean, howling mine, you know, huge liability if it's not oh my god, it's terrible. Right, right. What about what about the card time vault? Like, is how good is like fair time vault? Oh my I feel God. Like that, I feel like that's like the secret juicy technology is like just skipping your turn and untapping your time vault. It, it happened all day. As a matter of fact, like, you know, your opponents are playing artifact destruction, you know, you're playing howling mines. And so you'd have these, these plays where you like get a time vault out on like your first turn or something like that off a of mox. And then your opponent does nothing goes like, you know, land Savannah lion. I guess we'll call that nothing. And then you're just like, cool, take another turn. What are you going to do? Deal me two, you know? And then that happens, but now you can go howling mine and take another turn. And then they have to disenchant the howling mine. It's just incredible. Cause I have, it makes your howling mines not nearly as bad when you can make those plays. It also like when your opponent's doing nothing, especially when your opponent's playing controlled, sitting around doing absolutely nothing, skipping turns is crazy because it happened once during the day where my opponent's like playing control spells. I don't remember which matchup it was, but I have this brain geyser and I, I know my opponent's going to counter it. And I have like a brain geyser and like a regrowth, something like that. And so my plan is, okay, I'm just going to skip a turn at it at the right time. And I'm going to tap out, you know, maybe leave two up something like that for the, the regrowth and brain geyser. He's going to counter it. I'm going to regrow it. And then I'm going to take another turn. I'm just going to get a, a massive brain geyser. And that's exactly what happens. It's just yeah. totally busted. I think that's a I think that's a big part of what like I I think I think Time Vault like by itself is a ridiculously good card. Like without stasis, without twiddle. I think it's like actually quite good. Um so it's it's like th that's that's what makes a great combo deck, right? A great combo deck has pieces, combo pieces that can be used when you don't have the other half of it in play that's what agree. that's what completely sets you off so the fact that time vault has this utility that makes your howling mind so good and the i mean honestly the difference between being the first person to untap like like the difference between playing the howling mind then untapping with it before your opponent is is practically the difference between like winning and losing a game yes i mean uh, untapping with all of your mana drawing that second card. I mean, that that's a that's an actual game-winning play. Yeah, it, it really is one of the beautiful things about 9394 is that everything everything good that you can play costs four mana, and yet the margins by which games are won are is so, so thin. And I, so speaking also to your point, you know, in 2019, uh, in the 2019 
uh, players ball, the last in-person players ball, the last, the last players ball. Um, I played uh, to like a tempo stasis and I won multiple games without any ever playing a stasis, just with a couple black fights and a time vault, you know, and a howling mine. And that was, that's completely sufficient to win a game. You know, you put them in a place where they can't play something and you untap your time vault and they die. It's really, really, yeah, it's a very powerful card. Yeah. Like whenever the, whenever they stumble, you untap that time vault and unless they, I don't know, are able to like have you know, if that makes it so that they have disenchant plus counter spell, or they cast like you know they ramp up to again, but it's like uh, honestly, a lot a lot of the times it's this like time walk that you bank and then cast for zero mana. So yep. you know it's crazy. It's like a it's like a down payment on a time walk. <laughs> oh, when when your opponent's not like actually leveraging the the extra turn, or when like an extra attack from a Savannah Lions just doesn't matter in the scope of like going off yeah absolutely I, th I think the card is like really crazy and then you also have the benefit of your opponents just not understanding how to play against it like twiddle vault's already weird to play against but playing against time vault just with you know natural skipping of turns like this people just have no idea you know you got let's just imagine your opponents on the deck and they've got four mana up and they're you know going to draw with jame day tome at the end of your turn and you know so they they pass to you with four mana up jame day tome up and you draw and you draw time vault and uh and you slam it they draw for their turn then they pass and then whatever they're, they're just sitting there and what you can do when they're passing back to you and they've got four mana up is you untap time vault and untapping time vault is paying the cost uh un so to untap it the cost of untapping it is skipping a turn so your opponent cannot respond to you skipping your turn by untapping it so when they pass priority and you untap time vault, they can't just draw with Jame de Tome because they can't respond to you paying a cost, like responding to somebody tapping a basic land for mana. You just, you can't respond to that. It doesn't use the stack. It is tapping the land is paying the cost to get the mana or whatever. So like, it's just not a stack using effect. So you effectively waste four of their mana. They probably never make that mistake again, but they're also in a very weird position where they have to proactively draw cards, oftentimes tapping out during your turn which is absolutely terrible because you've got instants like twiddle that can like get a random turn in between there for your opponent. So your opponent like taps out, let's say, because they're worried about this, you know, what you've, they've seen you do. And you respond like in your end step by twiddling your time vault, taking out a turn. And all of a sudden you're playing against the deck when they're totally tapped out. Like just the card just screws up all the, the standard lines of thinking that your opponent's are going to play with and it's just a hard thing to get used to and it's really nice sitting behind that because you have this flexibility that you don't normally have yeah a lot of the times your opponent's going to think well i'll pass and leave up disenchant at the end of uh danny's turn and then okay the turn gets kicked back to me and now the time vault's untapped and then your opponents may be thinking ah geez this is kind of a dangerous spot i'll just disenchant on my main phase then i guess because like now the circumstances have changed well in response yes. to the disenchant you tap the time vault twiddle it <laughs> and, then, and then you have two extra turns and they've tapped two mana you know it, it's insane right exactly it's stuff like this it's the play patterns are weird i, I think just you know playing so much with time vault i think it's definitely I, I mean, I definitely have the edge when when playing this deck because I think I just understand it better than my opponents do. Um, but it's also probably why I'm really paranoid about playing against it. Like, I I, I don't want to play against this deck. It's not only is it this 
unfun, uninteractive experience that Dom was telling us all about. Um, it's totally busted. (laughs) So if, if we could get in our own time vaults, uh, for a moment here and get a bit, uh, backward looking, Danny, how many of the new con tournaments have you played in and tell me about the first one you played in? Because, um, you know, I'm just kind of curious to see how it's it's morphed over the years, and then now it's you know in the digital realm, but but still, I, I, the first ahead. one was in a hotel room, right? NoobCon? Yeah. Sorry, I'm you thinking of Eternal Weekend. Sorry, Eternal Weekend. Yeah, yeah. Yes, Eternal Weekend was in hotel rooms. It was in Jaco's <laughs> and my hotel room. The first one, and twelve people played in it. No, sorry. Moth, no, no, last question okay. about NoobCon. <laughs> it was won by Electric Eel, by the way. The good old days when you could play really like crappy, cool cards and still win events. Um, the first NoobCon, I so let's see, I've, I played in both the online, yes, how many I played in? I played in both the online ones and then I played in eight, nine, 10, and 11. Those are like, those were all in person. So, um, what year was NoobCon eight? 2015, I guess. Would 2016. Make it? 2016. Yeah. yeah, 2016, something like that. I was going, I, I wanted to play a NewCon 7, but I couldn't get travel together. And I really should have just like, I should have really just reached out to Magnus because I'm sure he would have had great recommendations that I hadn't thought of because I was like worried about like, okay, where am I going to stay? I don't really know anybody. Um, which then of course, were all the same problems the next year anyways. Um but anyways, for NoobCon 8, uh, this was at a time where no one was really playing old school in the United States for the most part. And some people were playing old school, more people were playing old school in Europe, but like not a ton. Like there was a, a relatively strong Italian scene. I know there were like a few German players, a, a few British players, but like it was just not a very big thing. And so NoobCon 8, the first year I went, I couldn't convince anyone to go with me. <laughs> that that was the funniest part. I could not convince anyone to go with me. Like I was, I, I think Dom, I think I invited you and you were like, oh no, I can't do that. I got but, I actually like, got an invite. I actually got an invite and I had to tell Magnus, like, uh I mean I, I yeah, the, the situation was not I was not in a position to be able to go to Sweden to play magic, but yeah, and I felt really badly about it. I had to tell him like I'm sorry. I think that was I think that was Newcon nine, I think. I think that was NoobCon 9, but I remember, like, asking around the group, and, like, you know, our group was very small at this point. But, like, yeah, yeah. like, nobody, would, nobody like, thought it was a reasonable thing to do to go to, like, Sweden to play Magic, which is really funny now because fast forward to, like, the last in-person NoobCon, and everyone wants to go, and nobody can get a spot. And, yeah. and it's just a totally different thing from, like, yeah. literally I couldn't even... I, I couldn't invite people to go with me. Um, is there like anyway, a is there like a perfect middle ground between those two things? You think like did did it happen in the following um, NoobCon or is that like I, Garden of Eden thing kind of I, important to the identity of the tournament? I think NoobCon eight was probably just the right size because Magnus would be a better person to ask this question. But like the first year I went, we weren't over capacity and. I don't remember if we were over capacity for NoobCon 9, but we were definitely over capacity for NoobCon 10 and definitely for NoobCon 11. And you have to think if you're over capacity, there's definitely people who've been playing in Sweden since the beginning who didn't get the option to go because Magnus was kind enough to offer all these international slots. 
And so there's definitely something wrong when people can't go who are like locals who've been doing it forever. And it makes me feel bad as somebody who, who attends this event because I think it's unreasonable that those people don't get the option. It's so unfair. You, you say that, but like at Newcon 10, after I went, whatever, 0 and 2, 0 and 3, the first couple rounds, and I was down at the bottom tables, I was interacting with a lot of people that just were like, yeah, I live here at Gothenburg. You know, I just come to this tournament. You know, they were just very like super cavalier. It wasn't a big deal. They're just like, oh, it's super cool that you came to the U.S. Nice, thank you so much. They were just like, <laughs> they were just like, oh, I just strolled down the street and came to this tournament. So you know, the bottom tables were definitely you know less less. <laughs> a lot of people that were just from the area who were just just playing. So I don't I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm certainly certainly people were excluded, but I think a lot of the 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 the, the true community was was still there. So that, that totally was, no, you're right. It is good awesome. Good on Those- for that. Agreed. Like people did still get to go. I'm just I'm I know there are people who didn't get the option to go, which like. That doesn't feel fair, but like, yes, I, I think he he does a good job of making sure a good amount of like the OG crew actually can go. It's hard though, as, as like anything grows, right? I think we've seen that in our, in our own scene in the States, but it's like, as something grows and more people get interest, you get put in this really difficult position where like, you don't want to exclude anybody, but you also want to maintain the integrity of what it is, which is, like, a get-together for your pals, yeah. ultimately. Like, I think, ultimately, like, your like your duty to your friends is more important than your duty to, like, the old-school community at large. At, at least, like, you know, that's my take on it. Yeah, I think I think we've learned the same thing Magnus has learned, which is that if, so, if someone is climbing over everyone else to try and get a spot at the tournament, they're probably a dingus. So, like... <laughs> You just, you know, just, just make sure that the people who want to be there are there. Yeah. Like if yeah. somebody's, if somebody's got sharp elbows trying to get there, like they probably, you know, they probably have their own tournament to go to. Right. Hey, not, nice glasses there, Dr. Dom. Oh, my access going. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm good, man. Problem. <laughs> Join the club. Join the club. Dude, that's a sound bite right there. Yeah. We're all, we're all getting old. Probably oh. a dingus. Well, I, you know, congrats on it, Danny. You definitely put in the time and effort and, and paid your dues going out there for so many years, man. Yeah, I totally forget because it always sneaks up on me because, I, like, I just never have eyes on this tournament. And then I, like, check into the Discord and, like, Danny's in the finals and I, like, shat my pants. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what the fuck? I should have yeah. been watching this all day. I felt so bad that I, like, hadn't tuned in. But it just, like, I, I don't know. I was, like, seeing my family <laughs> and stuff. And I was just, like like, flipping out. Uh, I I was rooting for you, Danny, but I sure was wasn't gonna watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> well, Seth, I was pulling for you. Seth is a very good Thank friend you. of mine. You know, he lives a couple blocks from where I live. I'm well, couple, by a couple, I mean like sixty. But you know, like <laughs> he's a very good friend of mine. I play Magic all the time. But like, I would rather you win because his deck fucking sucks. Fuck him. Yeah. <laughs> 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 bunch, bunch of chain lightnings. Come on, give me a break. Yeah, it's some some fucking seventh grade shit. Anyway, Jay Lightning. That's like the least palatable card. Yeah, that's an embarrassing magic card to put. There's one thing like Mano and I agree on. It's that like Chain Lightning is just putrid. I I once I once put together a list with like health caretakers and ball lightnings and like that. And Carter just in straight face was just like only third graders would play ball lightning. It just it just 
It just sunk my heart. I just, I was like, fuck, yeah, I guess but, I gotta take this deck apart then. Yeah, Bud Lightning's <laughs> an embarrassing magic card. <laughs> ever play that. You're like, a, you're like a grown man. Like, who oh, looks dude. at this card and says, like, it does six damage? No, it gets hit by lightning bolt. Uh, it gets yeah. hit by fucking uh, javelin ears. Like, it's, it's three red gain six. <laughs> yeah, is what it is. Three, yeah, like, let's, let's, let's not convince ourselves that card does six damage. Shall oh, I'm still that kid, boys. I'm I know. God bless you for it. Anyway, I swear Dom has dealt me six damage with a ball lightning. Yeah, maybe on a lunar eclipse. You might have won a tournament against me with a ball lightning for all I know. Danny Danny is playing like counter spells and disenchant and like things that are reasonable, like not things that kill ball lightning. So if a ball lightning sneaks in there and just balls him, then, then, you know. Get well, bald. that's that's the big equity, right? When you say get bald, I mean that's <laughs> it's, it's just all for the lulls, man. <laughs> the whole thing. Um, okay, well let's uh, let's shine the spotlight away from from Danny's glory and uh, thank God. <laughs> and uh, boss, can you can you can you enlighten the people what our what our club's been up to in the uh, as the as the quarantine oh, um, man. online tournaments keep rolling on? Uh, we did one in March that was uh, two batches of eight split format. Batch one being classic, uh, which is basically all or all old border old school plus middle school with an expanded restricted list. And then batch two, we did middle school and we called it March radness. And uh, we raised about 420 bucks, no pun intended for the uh, Chicago um, restaurant workers relief fund. It was a good event. We had about, I think 18 players or so. Um, It was pretty cool. We even got, uh, you know, we even got Danny to play uh, classic and, uh, middle school with us which was a real treat i got wrecked it was a a treat for some people not 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 for anybody who had to play with them but (laughs) (laughs) yeah no yeah he he paid he took his lumps there while he was busy you know uh dominating the the international scene yeah danny was like i put two goblin welders in my deck this was a brew yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right buddy oh but uh yeah and then (laughs) sorry i forgot the cabal rituals my bad (laughs) And then, uh, yeah, Dom was in it as well and uh, finished in, I guess, 1.5th, 1.5th place uh, because uh, thanks to a Scrivener's error, Dom was accidentally labeled our initial winner. And then somebody reported uh, <laughs> that I entered a result wrong. <laughs> Dom, with, when we hit refresh, Dom had moved from first to second place. I had to go in and delete the congratulations. <laughs> That's a swoops. That's a swoops. <laughs> if I've ever heard one. Uh, Damn, no. Dom. No. Uh, so uh, Matt Braun ended up winning it with, I don't know, some kind of tax rack deck, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what he played, but um, or tax rack in both of the formats. I mean, Dom, what were you thinking about classic? Cut, like, no, no, no. He didn't play tax rack. He he played um, he played uh, combo. Oh, that's right. Played he, played, he, played Storm. Storm. He, he played Storm, Storm in, um, yeah, he played Storm in. And guys, yeah, it's Storm is no surprise. This is a format that Jaco created. So. <laughs> no, hold think? on a second. Jaco did not create this format. <laughs> what do you think the best deck is going to be? It's going to be Tendrils of Agony. Of course. Of course. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know. D- Storm did feel really, really busted. Um 
I, I, I mean, anybody. So, I mean, there are multiple times that people could could have uh, could have killed me. I mean, Moss, for example, had a force will in his hand and like waited for me to cast the tendrils yeah. before he cast no, it. I, like, so, like, you know, there, I fucked that up badly. I mean, I think I think we were all we were all in a, in a brave new world. So, like, you know, oh, it is what man. it is what it is, and like maybe it deserves a little more more investigation. But um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I think. I think that there was so in my case, I spent I said when the classic was so all right, rewinding all the way back. So Dr. Ponce um, reached out to me when I was hiding out in California in a little co- beach beach cottage in California. Said, "Hey, we're gonna have a classic tournament. You want to be involved?" I said, "I would love to, but I don't have any cards. Like I didn't have any cards with me. I was just I was I mean I was." We we didn't have we didn't even have a couch in this place. We were like living on living on folding chairs and stuff. So, um, yeah, this this was my quarantine last year. But um, so I didn't. I, I and I really regretted it. I was really bummed that I couldn't play in in, in Dr. Punt's event. So um, when class came back around, I was really excited about it for like two minutes, and then I started looking at the card pool and I was like, what what am I supposed to do here? Like this is. You know, it's definitely not pre-modern. It's definitely not middle school. Like, what, 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 what is good here? And so I spent a lot of time trying to figure out high tide, and yeah. it just didn't. It didn't make any sense. You can't make enough land drops for high tide. So I just, I just could not. I couldn't figure out what to do. And eventually, what I decided was, you know what? I'll play storm. It's, it's just like a giant pile of restricted spells. It requires very little decision making for my part on, in terms of deck building. And I, I had never played Storm in any of the formats. You know, I played against it in Modern. I played against it in Legacy, um, and I had never played it myself. And I thought, you know, this is this is an opportunity for me to like try to play this. And I'm really glad I did. I thought it was really kind of fun and challenging and interesting. Probably not for my opponents. Well, yeah. At, at least you have the moral high ground of Storm being way more interesting to sit across from than like Twiddlevolt, for instance. <laughs> yeah. I was enchanted sitting across from Dom playing this. Well, he struggled to count to 10 on multiple I was, counts. I was just going to say that I had to help get Dom over the finish line. <laughs> I mean, there's no question about it. I had no idea what I was doing for sure. I had to pull um, a pin on my own hand grenade. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I think it was really, it was really fun to play all of those busted cards. I think um, if I had, I played definitely the build that I had was not very optimal. Like I was playing a bunch of cutting wishes and I, I played like one meditate and, um, you know, just like a bunch of like random stuff. Um, if I had to do over again, I would have gone way more black and played like unmask because mm-hmm. when my opponent had force of will, um, you know, that that's obviously very, very dangerous. So, you know, I think I probably would have just maybe played another cabal cabal ritual and a few more, maybe a couple, two unmasked, something like that. I don't know. But um, yeah, it was, it was, I really, I really enjoyed doing it. It was very challenging for me because I'd never played a deck like that before. Um, and, you know, the, the fact that, that I got there was just, I think, a lot of luck. And as, as Moss has a lot of help from my opponents, like, <laughs> help me count, count to 10, you know, very, <laughs> quite, quite, quite challenging. What, but, what did um, you play for the middle school section, Dom? I play, so, um, yeah, so I, I agonize about this a lot as well. Um, and, uh, I have a bunch of decks pre-built, um, and I decided I want to play the rock, but Carter won the last middle school event with rock. So I didn't want to do that. So 
So what I decided was I'll just play Beast Tribal. So I just played like 16 beasts. So like <laughs> four Blastoderms, four Ravenous Baloth, four um, uh, Spirit Mongers, and four Crozen Tus- Tuskers. Okay. Um, and, you know, and then just four Duresses, four Cabal Therapies, four uh, Pernicious Deed. And it was like a very, very <laughs> simple deck. And it was very good. It was very good. And it, yeah. you know, and and quite honestly, it was very much in my sort of uh, you know storm is not in my in my in my lane. But but playing gigantic green things and like expecting my opponent to answer them is very much in my lane. So like just like letting them do whatever the fuck they want to do, and then pernicious eating all their shit away, and then playing a blastoderm and just like beating them down. That's you know something I I understand very well and. Um, yeah, that was that felt really good. I felt uh, I liked that deck a lot, and I, you know, for for future pre-modern events, uh, I will be kind of exploring sort of Beast Tribal a little bit more. Maybe putting in some like Wirewood, uh, um, the, uh, the the little elf, three mana two two elf that draws cards when you play Beast, or you know things like that. So I'll be I'll be kind of exploring that a little more. But um, so you I, had a you, you I did had... enjoy that deck as well. So it was just. Nothing but fatties. Oh, oh, sorry. It wasn't straight the rock because, like, you know, Carter played Birds of Paradise, and I was playing Veteran Veteran Explorer. Which, by the way, anytime you play Veteran Explorer, people say, "Oh, you shouldn't play this in middle school because everyone plays basics." But my viewpoint, I played Nick Fit in Legacy, like a lot of Nick Fit in Legacy, and my viewpoint is not that you're trying to break the symmetry by them not having basics. My viewpoint is they get two basics, you get two basics, and your top and your top end is just bigger. Like. They're they're playing Delver Secrets and you're playing fucking Gray Titan. Like you just don't you don't care what they can play with their extra lands because your stuff is just so much bigger. So um, and I that's my viewpoint in middle school as well. I don't care I don't care what you can cast with two extra lands. I'm just gonna play gigantic things. Um, I see. Yeah, cause so you have to have a density of that top end, which I guess can make for some awkward starting hands for sure but you sure. yeah you do like do you kind of have to go for it and it's obviously like nuts with cabal therapy yeah well so uh as sack outlets i was playing yeah so the four veteran explorer four cabal therapy and i think two frexian towers you play tower yeah and so you know that's 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 really enough to like ramp into the five and six drops for sure so you know that's that's the, for people that are just trying trying to win with like wild mongrel you just like you know, whatever, cast a six six and they're 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 pretty dead. So you had a better experience this time than than last time when I just went and fetched up a null rod in game one and shut down your all artifacts deck. Yeah, so Moss is referring to I was playing mud the last middle school that we played and um <laughs> you know I probably I probably should have thought that deck out a little bit better but uh I am in the mud deck. Uh so the problem with that deck was that I was trying to convert a pre-modern deck, which doesn't have uh, Grim Monoliths, to like a middle school deck, which does have Grim Monoliths. And so the question really is, when you're doing that, do you stick with all the prison elements, which are like inherent to the pre-modern version? So Tangle Wire, Winter Warp, Sphere of Resistance, Smokestack, blah, blah, blah. Sure, sure. Or do you say, okay, you know what? I got Grim Monolith now. Do I go more Voltaic Key, Frexian Colossus? You know, that kind of thing. Um, and what I did was kind of go in somewhere in the middle, which were just, it ended, what ended up happening is the Grim Monolith was just not that very, not that good. Uh, did you play Metalworker? I did play Metalworker. Yeah. I think Metalworker is actually better than Grim Monolith. In, 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 that card in, is awesome. It, 
so yeah, my experience with Grimala is very swingy. Like if you you tap it and you generate whatever six or eight mana with it, you almost always win the game. But it dies a lot. So you spend three minutes, you spend an entire turn playing a metal worker, they bolt it, and then you're like, okay, well, all right, I'll I guess I'll wait another turn and then cast my grand dynamo or whatever. But um, but yeah, metal worker can be an excellent, excellent card. He can do he can really just jump your hand and then you win. But uh but yeah, no rod, no rod owns you for sure, for sure. <laughs> no, that ended up being my only win too. <laughs> yeah, and the problem is, is, is uh, powder keg doesn't deal with no rod, so you're kind of you're kind of boned, right? Even yeah. if you got four powder keg, you know, in the in the main or in the seventy five, you just uh, there's nothing you can do against no rod. So, but that's something to think about, and I've been I I put on the back burner in terms of coming back to mud because mud is also a deck that. I very much appreciate just like ramp into something gigantic that that no one can deal with. That's uh, that's what I like. Parade of fatty. It's fun to play that Karn in middle school too. Yeah, yeah. He's a badass. I guess you could think about uh, what's it a null, like in a base blue version of the of the mud deck. You could play. Oh man, you could play nulls. So a null was one of the best cards against me when I was playing this beast rock deck as well because like. If you let me resolve the pernicious deed, does disenchant doesn't do anything, right? Naturalize doesn't do anything. But a null is excellent. And I think it's a really good card, yeah. Yeah, and I think and Tim Baron was playing, was like playing some annuls, or he was like, I wish I had some more annuls, or I don't remember exactly, but you know, I think um I think a null is like a card that I've got my eye on now because it was just so strong as pernicious deed. Yeah, I've played naturalize in middle school for so long, and it's like it's just been absolutely bananas. The, like the amount of impactful enchantments actually in the in the format is is crazy. It's crazy. And yeah, Anola is like the, the most efficient way imaginable to fight pernicious deeds. So it's so good out of like the blue green madness deck for for instance, where you're hoping like, oh sure, like put your put your root walls, put your survival into play, put your put your mongrels, I'm just gonna deed them all away. Like I'll even wait until turn four, so you can't daze me. It's like, yeah. man, if they have the annul there, you're doomed. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So yeah, I've, I've definitely, I've definitely been enjoying middle school. Um, it's a lot of fun, and I think uh, we we play it so you know, given that we're not playing in person, we're playing it so infrequently that I think uh, people are less likely to brew. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, certainly. I mean, the first time I played middle school was at. It was at um, Lord's House. Can I talk about Lord's House? I don't know, but um, you, can, you, you, we, we certainly have. So yeah, feel okay, free. Okay. So <laughs> you yeah. can talk about who won. Like you can talk about anything. <laughs> 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 you can talk oh, about no. you can talk about Danny's. You know, winning in for the top eight. Like honestly, there's like so, there's like so, so many topics to to. Yeah, all the times. That was the first time I played middle school, and I. I really enjoyed it but i did feel like <laughs> I, I i i'm not sure why this is i'm not sure i mean certainly the kind of um the membership of the lords has kind of turned over maybe at least once maybe twice i don't know um and i do think that the culture has changed a little bit um in terms of like deck building and what people are want want to get out of a tournament and so on um and um you know i was trying to strike a middle ground there but i think that um there, you know, I, I typically do not play good decks. I try and try not to, but I think for Lords events, it has been. 
I've had more fun playing good decks because other people are playing good decks for the most part versus like when I play against the San Francisco crew where they're always playing completely insane off the wall shit. If you play something good, like you feel, you feel like a dumbass. So, um, you know, I think, I think that the, the culture has been, you know, play good decks, but I think if, you know, when, when we start playing in person again, you know, it'll go back. To, I, I, you know, I'd love to go back to playing a you know, or, or something like that. So, you know, that, oh uh, yeah. At Lord's house, middle school, cage match or whatever we called it i dropped two turn one of chromas on dom in our match i know it was just like it's like a five minute match and that included finding dom to start game one yeah so <laughs> so so what happened i was so distraught from like moss just completely pushing my shit in like i didn't get to do anything i didn't get to do a single thing he just pushed my shit in so hard i just got so stoned but like <laughs> The rest of the match, I don't remember. And then all I remember is like Bob's like, do karaoke. And I was like, I, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. Sing Metallica. Uh, and it just, it just all went, down, went downhill from there. So. Uh, what a night. Uh, I think one of the best karaoke moments of my life was with you singing Careless Whisper at Alice's. Was that after a player's ball? I feel like Alice Alice's was the was the move after a player's ball. This was ages ago. This is like I don't remember how long it was really it was a really long time ago. I think Jacob was there. Um a lot of those places up on Belmont are still closed right now. Alice's, uh, for example, and uh small bar or lay bar, small bar also on Wellington. A lot of those places have not reopened yet. I used to be able to stick the Carol's Whisper in my my twenties, but like I don't know, too much whiskey. I don't know what, but I can't. You're good. Can't can't go that can't go that high anymore. I want to recreate the scene in um, Lost in Translation, you know, when Scarlett Johansson has like the pink wig on, and they're singing. What 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 do they sing? There's like a Jesus and Mary Chain song, but like I forget what song they sing in the. Uh, <laughs> been a while since i've seen that song so if you do a couple of numbers bill murray i know sings uh rocks music more than this yeah it's more than this more than this yeah deep pull of the of, for the night there um yeah so i guess big ups to uh <laughs> big ups to braun who uh <laughs> who was the most had the most madness in our radness yeah um and then there's, I've got another note over here that says Spring Surprise Meetup. Um, I actually didn't play in that. Did anybody play in that here? Carter, did you play it? The next game of Magic I play is going to be in the real world. Got really? Just, yeah. So done with the webcam, huh? I'm done. Is that because your internet sucks so bad? Yeah. No my, internet, my internet fucking sucks, dude. And all I have is this mono green deck now because I sold all my fucking power. So, and yeah. <laughs> So I the, the the next the next thing for me is going to be the real thing. Did, did you finally point? Like, why would you play any magic without power? What's the point? Did I don't you know. finally <laughs> sell off the last few pieces, Carter? Because you were still holding blue blue power, right? I, I just have a jet. I have a jet. Just a some, jet and some duels. I'm going to sell. Yeah, it's it's all it's all going bye bye. Gotcha. Did you end up getting that Nissan four by four or whatever it is you were eyeballing? Soon, soon. Toyota Tacoma, go. bro. Oh my god, two thousand three. Right, Where are you gonna sure. park that beast? It, 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 I have a parking spot in the back of my in, in the back. Of oh, my I didn't know that. That's sick. Cool. Yeah, Doug. Yeah, Doug. Nice. Well done. At least, yeah. you're, at least you're an electrician, right? I mean, there's a ton of dipshits who buy pickup trucks and never put a piece of lumber in the back at all. 
<laughs> I, drove, I drove across this country twice last year, and I lot, saw a lot of pickup trucks, and all of the beds were completely pristine. No one <laughs> ever put anything back there. Nothing. No, no yeah. scuffs. No, I want. I want like a two door. I want so I want I want something that's like nah I can't give you and your friend a ride man just, just a little you need a little S ten jalopy yeah or yeah or you can hop in the flatbed if you like yeah. but nah there's just room for two in the cab yeah your your girlfriend had to sit on my lap <laughs> oh yeah my bad <laughs> get one of those trucks at the theater driving in the alley to get the scrap metal and so forth yeah that's that's the that's the plan anyway um. So I, my note here says that Tim Barron won it, but I don't know what he played, and I don't even know I, what the format. Was, I, I think so. it was just, I think it was just ninety three, ninety four. Okay, okay. Yeah, it was like pickup games of like EC or something like that. Is that what it was? I don't think anybody. It must be that none of them were playing in Noobcom because like that was running in the evening of. That would okay. be my guess. So it was like an eight man thing. Okay, gotcha. Probably. Gotcha. Very uh, much so, in line. Very much in line with Carter's comment. Like I have completely stopped playing one day events. Like uh, Noobcom. I mean, uh, no shade to Danny for taking it down. Like I just cannot give up my Friday or Saturday and sit in front of the computer all day. Given that's what I do all week long now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really, really, really tough to just say I'm going to spend Saturday just like meeting some dingus in like New England yeah. or Italy or whatever. Uh, though what's worse that or like arranging games with people who like keep flaking out or yep, this and that I, it's kind of better to like book. yeah yep. I, I i think i agree with danny like i'll i'll you know r- ruin <laughs> one day but like i don't know when, when it feels like homework and you're like scheduling uh, yeah yeah um, i really like the one day events i mean newcom was as good as it could possibly be because I had a reason to take a day off, which I haven't had any reason to use any of my vacation during, you know, this pandemic. So I take a Friday off and I play Magic all day. It was awesome. And win the tournament. Sick. Yeah, there you, you, go, haven't, right? you haven't taken a vacation in two years, Danny? Yeah, like a year and a half. I haven't. Yeah. Monster. Man, I'm worried about you, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not a year and a half. It's been a year. What? Like, when did this start? He's just think, over here playing endless twiddle ball. Oh my god! Yeah, this is this is where it all comes from. Yeah, no, I I haven't taken a vacation since um since I was in Chicago. Uh, I stayed with Dan Picard at the like end of February, and I had all this like travel plans in March and April. So for, May, so for Lord's House. No, no, I came back after Lord's House. I was back the weekend after Lord's oh, House. Oh, right, right, I, I remember that. I remember that. Yeah, okay. we had the delicious uh, pizza at that place on uh, Milwaukee, the, the Detroit-style pizza. I'd never oh, had that before. Um, oh, fuck. Polly G. Polly G. Yeah, I, I was blown away because I remember walking by that place when I lived out there, and, and I it was insane. It's a nut um, yeah. It was crazy. really, really good pizza. Could not believe it, which is funny because Pequod's, we went to the – as well, if you remember that. And it wasn't that good. They just had too much crust. You remember that, Carter. It was all crust. I don't know what they did. Like, like not crust at the end of the pizza. It was like the base of the pizza. It, do you remember the, this? is one of those things where, yes, I, I totally do remember this. It, it, I, they missed. I've had great Pequod's before, and that just wasn't it, which is really funny because then we go out to Poly G's and it was insane. Dude, I, I got some takeout, uh, takeaway Pequod's. This is a couple months back. It was more like winter, end of winter. And man, that was a super treat. I was really stoked. <laughs> it's good shit. Yeah. I like it. I like the I like the burnt crust at the end and, and all that stuff. 
I, I do too. No, I've had Pequod's that was like the best pizza I've ever had before. This was just like an off day where like the, the pizza was mm. not very good. And I was just amazed by it. And it was just a funny juxtaposition because like that's the Chicago pizza, right? And then mm. we go out to this like it Detroit is. style pizza place I'd never heard of before. And it was totally insane. So of all things. But yeah, so I went, I visited Chicago at the end of February, the week after Lord's house. Um because we just had these like cheap tickets to come out and uh and who would have guessed it that was the last time i would do anything for like a year yeah let's we should do Lord's but this time like at a resort show or something a resort huh? dude I, on your fucking yacht man what are you yeah, talking man. about yeah, we'll see. We'll see on the ss dingus <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah lord's house is going to be on the ss chungus <laughs> From sea to shining sea. Give me a break, man. You get to smash the champagne bottle on the hall. You know who can you you know who can saber a bottle is Picard. Picard's Picard's wedding, there's this fucking badass video of him and his wife sabering their bottles of, of champagne. How fucking sick is that? Do they own champagne sabers? I I mean I, I don't think there's like two fucking cutlasses crossed in their you know over the hearth. Yeah, yeah yeah like over the hearth but i mean they pulled they pulled it off it's so dope yeah yeah that's that's a that's a baller maneuver right there uh, yeah big time big time buddy uh well i mean i think we are going to start having some limited in-person meetup carter um I, you know it's for for the uh the fortunate sons that are able to get their facts yeah Who, who's vaccinated now Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, nice. You got both. I I did the one shot, no clots either. Um, one shot, no clot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've got two pumps flowing through me, dog. Nice, nice. I got my first one coming up on Wednesday, so excellent. Yeah, so I'm ready for Lord's house. Here we go. Yeah, it's coming. Yeah, yeah bankers. You guys should be in the back of the line for sure. Well, what? obviously. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. I was definitely at the bottom. I had to get someone else's like refused vaccine. Some, some, some dingus who's like, I'm going to take vitamin D instead. It's like, all right, I'll, I'll take this. Thanks Sick. so much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was exactly how I got mine as well. It was yeah. like, yeah, it was, it was a, a refuse uh, yeah. one. But. but yeah, I mean, it's, it won't be too long. I think before we'll start to, we'll be able to start getting some, you know, the in-person meetups flowing again. I'm really excited about it. I'm just interested. Sorry, I'm just interested to see all the weird like interactions. uh, How like people like physically are not going to be able to interact with other people because it's just like you know you you spent a year like distancing and being repulsed by the uh, the thought of being in the room with anybody else without like a mask and being like twenty feet apart. And now you're going to all be in the same place. I think it's just going to lead to a bunch of weirdness. Just use tongs. (laughs) Use (laughs) use tongs. You're getting a big a big wet sloppy kiss from me. Yeah. I'm like five or six years late, but I just finished watching the Americans, right? So that was like a big show, whatever, five mm. six years ago. And they use payphones a lot. And I mean, obviously payphones don't exist anymore, but like they would like walk up and pick up this fucking receiver, which is a piece of public property, and put it <laughs> right up to their fucking face. Yeah. And it's just like I look at it and I'm like, oh my God, I would I just would never do, I would never do that. <laughs> that's <laughs> old school. That's old school. But that's the fact before everybody was allergic to peanuts and everything else. You know, you just got germs the old-fashioned way. I remember when my cousin, when my cousin was getting married, um, 
she she got married to uh, a guy named Wei Zhen, who's from who's from China, and Wei Zhen's parents came from China to visit, and I think they were out at like a burger place or something, and my cousin like reaches for the ketchup bottle that's on the table to like squirt it on her fries and then touch her French fries. And the parents stared at her like she like had just kicked a puppy. They were like, what the fuck are you doing? You know, it's like a totally different cultural thing. Like why would you touch the fucking ketchup bottle that's been sitting there and then touch your food and eat it? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I fly to Asia and people were wearing masks and it'd be like, what, what, what is it they're worried about? Now we all know, right. It wasn't, it wasn't for them. It was for the rest of us. Right. Right. Yeah, man. I, I think that's a piece of culture that's going to be sticky. Um, you know, like just having kind of masks at the hand, at, you know, handy or at the ready or just wearing them all the time or depending on how, how nervous people are. But I, I think that piece of culture is going to be around. I love it, dude. Hand. I love it. I got my hat, I got my sunglasses, I got my mask, like no yeah. one can see my face. Like I'm like I have total anonymity, which yeah, I, doesn't, I doesn't benefit me in any particular way other than the fact that like, that's it. Like yeah. no one can see my face. I kind of like it. I, yes. oh, I can tell you about some benefits. One, next time you take an airplane, you know, past whatever's going on now, let's just imagine it returns to something a little more palatable out there. You're not going to get sick after you fly somewhere because everyone's going to do this, you hope. So there's one benefit. Next benefit, man, think about all that amazing UV protection you got from your mask, man. You're going to look baby face for the rest of your life. We'll have, mel- we'll have melanoma everywhere else except our face. You got it, man. <laughs> Fresh face, leathery body. Oh, dude, that's how I want to go. <laughs> like like every other porn star. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, goddamn, this was a great way to spend an, uh, an, an evening, gentlemen. Yeah, yeah this was lovely. It was good, it was good seeing up. you all. Yeah, it was good oh. to see everybody in the digital in the digital space. Yeah. Looking forward to seeing y'all in the meat space, as yeah. it's called. It, the audience doesn't know this, but Danny was eating a bowl of tofu soup this whole time, and also he brushed his hair for us, which I yeah. really really appreciate. Danny's hair looks. Uh, have you seen this? Have you seen this? Yeah. He's got a mullet. Danny's got a mullet. Wait, what? <laughs> no, it's not a mullet. It's, it's you've got a mullet right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Danny, b- both you I and wish I it was a mullet. Danny and I are both growing our dew out long again. Okay. Danny, I've you got you, since it started. You've got a, you've got a better coverage over the top side than I do, I'm afraid. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, I've got getting a little bit of length in there. Carter, I assume I you, cannot wait to get a haircut. Cannot wait. Carter, you're you're shaved down to the bone as usual. No, no, no difference. No difference here, gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Got the newsies cap on though, which is very stylish. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, right. when when you don't, when, yeah, when you've got nothing on top, you got to think about hats. You yeah. you just ha- you just have to consider them. There's, that there's hat style. Ways about it. Yeah. Whatever. There's nothing wrong with necropotence. No, dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. So I think I'm going to shut it down. Thanks for getting on the horn tonight. Yeah. 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 I'm blasted. Yeah. This was go. this was super fun. This was yeah, I, really I, nice. I had missed doing this because it's like I'd I don't know. Like it's been I, busy, I, I, I just I, I know it's it's been like busy and like yeah. I just haven't been playing the game as much. But it's like the game is one thing and the pals are another. You know, it's like yeah. I've been finding it really hard to like keep in balance because like when I was playing a bunch, I don't know. It's like. 
I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, I, I, I've been finding it hard lately to strike a balance between like not playing as much and still like being in touch with everybody. Mm-hmm. But they've, they've been this like sliding scale thing where it's yeah. like yeah. no play radio silence for me or play all the time. And I'm like hollering at everybody all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's absolutely right. I mean, like, you know, I've, I've been trying to buy a house and whatever. And like, but also I think one of the things that's really bumming me out is car prices. And yeah. it's like, if I was playing in person, I wouldn't even worry about it. I would just be playing and we'd be laughing about it. But yep. like the fact that this shit is like going completely out of control, it just like, it. I don't, I don't exactly know how to explain this response that I have, but it's, it's like this feeling like, well, fuck it then. Fuck it. I'll sell it all then. Fuck this. I think and it takes the fun out. It's just, a bu- it's just a bummer is what it is. It, it is. is a yeah. it, it's, it's honestly kind of changed like, the way that I think about the game in a big way, because I, I don't know. It is. It's just this thing where I, you know, got to this point where I'm like, I just, you know, I just can't, I can't. Yeah. Um, and there's still like so much fun, like to have, and, you know, and like still, you know, like be it proxies or, or whatever, like that, that aside, like once we start meeting up, it's like, I'm, I'm not worried about that. But when you're just like when your only relationship to the game is like kind of illusory, you know, and like on the in the digital world and then yeah. you're like, oh, wow, it feels even more kind of like it's kind of evaporating, you know, mm-hmm. I I cannot disagree. It, it feels it feels really bad. There's something related to like these these card prices that I think just really like brings me down. And like, interestingly enough, there's this secret convocation that happens in California apparently yearly and um there was an event called urza's ante that was run by the organizers that might have been the greatest idea i have ever seen before but effectively it was like sealed decks of of proxies with a, a random back and the rarities were different um dom i think you may have something to do with this this convocation and the organizers yeah. leave me um, out of it i had a great time but leave me out of it and the um and the rarities were different. Like, you know, like I think Savannah Lions was like a common, but like there, there were, you know, your normal 93, 94 cards. It wasn't the full pool. It was just a selection. People got these sealed decks and got to play with each other. And all the games were for ante because you got these fake cards and you like, you know, draw funny pictures on the cards you win, whatever, or the cards you give away. Um, and, you know, there's something really enjoyable about not playing with any sleeves, your cards not being worth anything. Um, and like, my feeling after playing at like a little get together where we had real games of 93, 94. And then this is basically that that's, that's like the ultimate version of this, this game where like I would almost be happier with no one bringing any real cards at all. And then maybe just like events with these events with these like fake cards or better yet, no events at all. And like you, you decide when you want to play with, you know, people at whatever the, you know, in whatever way you want to play with people, wherever you want to play, no organized events, trade, whatever, do whatever you want. It doesn't matter. It's just like you're there for the hangs. And I think it, that that just felt like that felt like the ultimate, like the proper evolution of where this is all going, because yeah. all of the major problems I have with old school magic did not exist in those it, it, in in anything involved with Urza's Andy. It was just right. You had the event like of going somewhere to see people that you don't get to see often. You all travel somewhere, you go somewhere really beautiful and you play magic in a very unserious way where there's no value involved. And there's something even novel about it, despite the fact that these are cards from, you know, 
the 93, 94 card pool. Like you can't do any better than that. It was one of the greatest ideas I've ever seen. Yeah. And I mean, I think, I think, you know, I mean, you and Greg um, also touched on this and I won't go into too much detail on the podcast, but, you know, I think, and also Slam fan has been doing the same sort of thing, right. Which is, you know, providing his cube to other people, um, you know, with, at, at basically minimal cost. And I think um, that's like, I mean, cube cube is, is already like one of the top formats in, in magic. Um, having old school cube available to everybody without any, without serious cost is like just tremendous, tremendous. And, and may be the future for the inner circle, right? Like, I don't know, maybe, I agree. you know, pe- people can keep playing old school. That's cool. But like, maybe this is the way in which we, you know, keep, keep the simpatico hombres like incorporated. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. That was the real thing. Absolutely. Yeah. It was, I mean, I, and I'm saying this as somebody who owns all this crazy stuff. Like I, I think I would prefer that. Yeah. And well, I think you just so- hate you you would hate to lose somebody because they're not comfortable playing around, you know, valuable asset or they've had to sell out or can't buy in or whatever, you know. Right. Um that's the worst case scenario. Yeah. But so so along the lines of Slam Fans project of uh, this, you know, we were talking about Slam Fans Tolera, but he also has this cube that he's been exporting to the rest of the world. Um, you know, Andy Picaro, who's a bit of a bit of a old school guru guru in New Jersey has been sort of updating cards, but which is to say, sort of creating a, a you know alpha beta which is fixed in the sense that there's not like shit shitty cards <laughs> like yeah. everything does something interesting everything does something that interacts right and you get these like super interesting inter- you know board states where you know where 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 you have to really think through what's going on and. You know, this does that, and that does this, and how does this all interact? And I think that's really fun. And I think that there's there's some there there, there is a future in that for us. Uh, you know, maybe not just like creating our own sense of magic, although that has been done and will continue to be done. But um, I think you know, taking the money out of it is definitely kind of phase three of of American old school for sure. Yeah, Great. I think so. I think I think once old school re reemerges, we we'll see a big we're we're going to see a big time paradigm shift. I don't I don't think you're going to see as much a hundred people show up to you know play in a eight round tournament with all of their you know regular ass old school cards. It's yeah. it'll be different. That that'll exist, but yeah, yeah. there's going to be mean, a change for sure. We're on the radar, right? So like you know, having a million dollars with the cards or two million dollars. In a of cards in a room, you know, it's, it gets to a place where again, this is not what we want to be doing. Maybe there's another way we can achieve the same thing uh, without the risk. Right? Good end point. I agree. Cheers. You stopped the landing. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> All right. Nobody good wants two million dollars worth of D's. <laughs> D's what? D's not.